Arc City Paranormal Podcast. I am Kyle, your tour guide through the weird, and I welcome you back once again to the podcast. Your, your favorite one shows up every Friday. Here we are, and we've got a special episode today. Just me. Just you. Intimate setting. Nobody else here. Still going to talk about cool stuff. Uh, answering some emails in mass, I guess maybe is what I would call it. But today what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about skeptics today and skepticism and why right now they're all a little upset. They're all a little worried. They're all clutching their pearls. Uh, should be, should provide for an interesting discussion. It'll be a little bit different because like I said, I'm in, I'm in, I'm, in, I'm by myself solo first time, probably in geez, 40 episodes since I've sat down with just you and me. Showing up on your favorite podcast app all by myself. Still to this day, super creepy. But I'm here and you're here and I'm glad you decided to download this episode. No video this week. Uh, nothing. We'll still, I'll still put this up on YouTube if you want to go there and that's how you listen. If you're listening to us on YouTube, thanks a lot. Uh, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app, sincerely appreciate you following along. Remember, you can see us every Saturday live at, live at 6 p.m. over on Facebook. We're still doing that, even though they took away the dark mode. But then now, mysteriously, it showed back up. Strange stuff. Yesterday afternoon, I was really upset. Open up my phone. And you know how much, if you've listened to the show for more than five minutes, you know that I hate Facebook anyway. So I opened it up yesterday, and it's all back to that bright white. It like blinded me. I need to go get sunglasses, safety glasses to put on, welding mask to put on. Because Facebook had went back to white on me. If you don't use the dark mode on Facebook, I'm questioning you. There's something wrong. Seriously, go find the go find the uh, the setting and, and switch your stuff to to dark mode. Because even as rarely as I'm on there now, uh, that white is completely unacceptable. It's terrible. It will blind you. It'll probably hurt small children. You want to be very careful. You want to keep it safe. Make sure you turn on that. Uh, the dark mode. But anyway, so yeah, we don't have we don't have video this week. You see what happened last week or well, I guess this past Saturday for this episode anyway. For for the terms of this episode, it was uh scheduled and um T was not going to be here. She had to work. So I knew that I would be unsupervised, so I was able to get Allison. Allison was going to come in and she was going to do the podcast with me. And we had talked about it. And we thought, well, well, you know, we'll have fun with the chatters. We'll have a good time. We'll hang out. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll answer some email. You know, whatever. Your usual silly, just goofy Saturday afternoon paranormal chatting that we do. Prep you for the 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 second or the first leg, I guess, maybe of your weekend. A little weirdness that we like to do. And then on Saturday morning, she sent me a text and she said, "Hey, are we still on for the show?" And at this point, I'm on my back patio. I'm enjoying the day. I'm looking at the this what it's going to be like now. If, if you're we're we're in Ohio, uh, as most of you know, it really is the 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 armpit of hell in the wintertime. Certainly, there's places that have it a lot worse, but I have the whole seasonal depression thing. So if you know me at all, when it's gloomy and and snowy outside, you know I just get the I get the whole depression thing. You know, I want to run over to like the nearest adoption agency and kick an orphan, brighten up my day. But so that's how I feel. 
you know, I get down about it. So we're finally starting to get summertime here. It's, it's finally starting to look like, oh my God, we might be coming out of our dark Ohio hell. You know, you always have the, the, the test. Ohio always tests you if you're not familiar at all with the Ohio weather. Uh, sometime in like mid-February, we get like the 80-degree day. And you're like, holy shit, it's over. Thank God it's over. Everything's going to be okay. And then we go back into winter again. And you get another, you know, two, three feet of snow uh, to just, you know, basically ruin your life. And then you get a, a, a teasing spring around the end of, of March, beginning of April, where you get like a set of days, like maybe, maybe you'll get a week. Mother nature likes to tease and she'll give us like a week of like 65, 70. It's just perfect. You know, it might throw on the shorts for the first time, break out those bright white sticks and then winter again, because you know, Ohio. And then finally, usually around the middle of May, finally it breaks and she says, well, I, you know, I can't hold, I can't hold off anymore. Here's your summertime. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's your summertime. Now you can begin to enjoy it. So I'm sitting out on the patio and I get that text from, from Allison and I'm looking at my, my yard and I'm, I'm looking at the trees and I'm listening to the birds sing and I'm out there in shorts. And this is, this is a, a probably geez. It was probably nine o'clock in the morning and I'm, I'm in shorts outside my white sticks on display. And I think to myself, she, she texts me, she says, you know, are we still on for the show today? And I think to myself, no, no, we're not. I'm not doing it today. I'm going to sit right here. I'm going to be as minimally productive as possible. And I'm going to sit here on my back patio and do nothing. That's what I'm doing today. So that's what happened. So that's how we end up here. And you get to listen to me by myself, either entertain you or bore the shit out of you. And you, you, you turn it off, but give me 20 minutes. If you give me 20 minutes of your time, I think I have, I think I have something you'd be interested in. We're going to talk about skeptics. We're going to talk about why they're a little upset right now. They're all a little, little touchy, little worried. You know, a little stressed out and it's not a, it's not a takedown piece. It's not, it's not something I'm not going to give you point by point where you can, Hey, this is how you shut a skeptic up. Like a lot of these other guys do. I basically want to try to inform people about how their minds work and why they're so upset right now, why you might encounter more of them. That might be a little bit, um, they might be a little bit more vocal right now. We have a lot of information coming out. Uh, from the government, uh, namely the Pentagon, regarding UFOs or UAPs, as they like to call them now, because for whatever reason, the United States government at least doesn't like the fact that we'll call them UFOs, even though we've been calling them UFOs since the 40s. They just don't, they don't, they don't want to be, they, they don't want to give you that confirmation like, hey, there might be a UFO over here. Like it is an identif unidentified flying object, but we're going to call it an unidentified aerial phenomena. Uh, okay, what, whatever, you know, okay, fine, whatever. It's really a, it's really a bad look, but whatever. So that's, but anyhow, that's what they're doing. They're putting this, uh, a lot of this info out right now. And a lot of skeptics are having a hard time with it because all along, that's been one of the things they've been able to clutch to. One of the things they've been able to hang on to is, well, you know, if these were, 
if these were real, clearly the American government, at minimum, would be doing something about it. Well, we got introduced to Space Force under President Trump not long ago. And now, now we've got uh, congressmen and women uh, saying, hey, you know, we need, we need more information about this. There's something going on. There's, you know, we need to. And now major news outlets are picking up this evidence and they're uh, doing news stories on it. And a lot of your skeptic friends are really freaking out right now. Because what they've sort of latched onto is is disappearing. And the 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 interesting thing about it is this doesn't make them bad people. And it, I think you know a lot of times you just sort of see them as like you know they're just trolls. Because whatever you're into, clearly if you're if you're listening to this show, you're probably into something paranormal, whether it's ghosts, uh, UAPs or UFOs. A Bigfoot, uh, the metaphysics stuff, you're probably interested or you wouldn't be listening to me right now. So a lot of those folks are upset because of the, the, their tether, their anchor is disappearing. And as I've said before, we need those people. You need them in your life to question what you think, what you're doing. You need them to have this stuff to offer to you. And like I said, this isn't today's show isn't about uh, what you should say to them. Like, Hey, I'll convince you. Uh, it's not going to be about, Oh, you know how they or, or what, how their information is flawed in response to what they view as your information being flawed. I wanted to sort of talk about how their mind works. And there's probably a point that I'm going to make that isn't going to upset them as far as, I don't even know how many skeptics we might have to actually listen to the show, but I don't think I'll have a point that would, would upset them with the information that I am conveying, but rather than the, the tie that I make to something that they probably are going to be very upset to hear about. As humans, we're wired to be gregarious. It is how we survive. A lot of what we do on the show, I, I am able to incorporate a little bit of my anthropological studies about human beings, about why we do the things we do, about how throughout time, regardless of technology, technology separate, it, people are still people. It really doesn't matter if you were you know, living in ancient Rome, or if you live in, in 2021 Paris, France, people are people. They operate the same way. Technology may have changed. It may change the way we operate or interact with each other, but people are people. So typically what you have is even the introverts out there listening to as, as I am a proud member of the introvert club. If you don't know, I'll put that right out there. I'm a proud card carrying member of the introvert club. I dislike people very much. Uh, there are a few select folks that I enjoy spending my time with, but for the most part, the vast majority of you completely suck. And I think to a degree, even extroverts that might be listening to me right now would probably agree in the same. You have your extrovert friends or your introverts that you've adopted and decided, Hey, I like you. You're going to come with me, which all of us introverts need. We need that extrovert to sort of latch on to us and say, okay, here you go, little buddy. Come with me. Mine is my wife. Force me to be social. Force me to deal with people. That type of thing. 
So I think even the introverts listening would agree that at some base of, I don't know, I don't even know what you would call it. What would be the word? At some baseline of your personality, you do require human interaction. As much as any one of us would like to hop on our sailboat and bring our favorite pet and ride off into the sunset to some deserted island somewhere, make a life for ourselves and never, ever see a human ever again. In reality, we probably need them around a little. You need that interaction just as a human for your mental stability. Now, while interacting with other humans may at some point in time in your life and in mine quite frequently would mess with my mental stability, like, you know, I don't know, Walmart, but anyhow, you, you need that, you need that interaction. It's, it's one of the things where, uh, you'll see some studies that are done on solitary confinement within the, um, prison system and why it's so detrimental for long periods of time to have humans with no interaction at all with other humans. Your mind starts to f- fracture a little bit. You start to go a little bit crazy and you're probably thinking right now, okay, Kyle, you spent five minutes telling me about extroverts and introverts. What the hell does this have to do with skeptics? I'm getting there. Bear with me. I'm getting there. So what we do as humans in our interaction, one of the things that ingratiate ingratiates ourselves to other humans is, Hey, I'm like you. We are similar. If you're ever out somewhere and say you're, you're making a large purchase, say you're buying a car, say you're buying a house, a good salesperson isn't going to ingratiate themselves to you just by being nice. A good salesperson is going to find something similar between themselves and you. It was one thing that went back when I, back, back in my day, when I was selling cars, it was something that would work 100% of the time. Hey, we're alike. Hey, we're similar. I do that too. I'm just like that. I hate that as well. Those things we do as humans now in, in the context of the sales in the context of, in, of, Hey, I want you to buy my shit. I want you to like me because I want you to buy this widget that I've got here. It is a tactic. It's something that you, you consciously think about and that you try to implement into the situation. It's a strategic move to facilitate the end, which is, you know, Hey, give, give me money. I want your money Pass to me, your cash. So in that, in that context, in, inside of that scope, you do it consciously. It's something you, you, you drop that into the conversation on purpose. However, humans do it in their interaction with one another subconsciously. And it may be to a benefit of, I mean, it could be anything like, well, uh, you're in the dating world. You know, what are your likes and dislikes? Well, you know, here's mine. Here's, you know, oh, okay. You're into, I'm into that too. You know, whatever, regardless what it is, hobbies, uh, sex drive, food, whatever, whatever it is. Hey, I like that too. We could do that together. So it's something that humans do and what humans do is they want to, they want to be that gregarious. They want to hang out together. They want to have a connection. They want to have a a base, you know, they want to have something to, to latch on to something that that's there, something that they, that they own and skeptics do this. They don't know that they do it. A lot of them, but they do it. When you go out and you actively search for positive affirmation, you're not going to go out and look for a situation that is critical of you. You're not going to go actively seeking a, a situation that will, will provide negative returns to whatever you're doing. 
Example, you need to buy, uh, I don't know, a, a gallon of milk. Where are you going to go? Feel free to answer out loud in your car or wherever you might be. Where would you go? Where would you go? You, not where you think someone else would go. Where would you go to buy a gallon of milk? You mean you wouldn't go to the auto parts store? Why? Oh, because they have the milk there. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. No wonder AutoZone looks at me so strange. That was a bad joke. One. That was like a dad. That was like a bad dad joke. See what see what happens when I'm by myself. You see. Anyway. So of course you go. You would go to the grocery store. You go to the corner store. You would go someplace they have milk. So if you don't believe, or you have an active, you have an active mind of like, well, that's bullshit. And you're looking to seek out those ends. You're going to go places to find those ends. You are going to go someplace actively in your mind to find those ends. You are going to become gregarious with individuals that hold those same beliefs. You aren't going to go if you don't believe in UFOs and you aren't trolling. If you don't believe in UFOs, you're not going to go to a UFO website and interact, say, on their discussion forum, unless you're just there to troll. There are people that will do that, but that's why they're there. They're looking for that negative feedback. They're looking to get a, you know, to, to own the UFO folks or UAPs or however you want to call them. So you go out looking for that positive affirmation. Now, we need to be completely fair and completely transparent with the situation. You, as a paranormal aficionado, do you like that? Does that work? I like that. That sounds professional. You aren't going to go to the skeptics website to receive positive affirmation on your beliefs about whatever it is. So, so it's the exact same thing. The, the, the same rule applies. I'm not saying we can make a, a major delineation. People are people, which is what my point with the whole lead up to this. People are people. So you're going to go someplace and you're going to, you're going to collect your information from a positive reinforcement, positive affirmation place. You're not going to go because you are into the paranormal. You are not going to go buy your milk from AutoZone. You as well are going to go to the grocery store where they have milk. It's a genius concept. Everybody does it. It's the exact same thing. If you are looking for a product, you go to the place that has the product and people do it subconsciously because of the, the gregarious, because of the interaction, because of the, the, Hey, I'm like you concept that we, we run under. And it's important to remember the reason humans do that is because we learned very early on life is easier with partners, introverts and extroverts alike. Life is easier. If someone's going to fucking help you, this is why we form these unions. This is why marriage is a thing. And this is why we have best friends. This is why, you know, we, we lean on family. Life is easier with partners, with help Everything is easier with help. If you, very simple, let's go back to the gallon of milk thing. What would be easier for you to go and buy the milk? And this time you're going to go to the correct store. You to go buy the milk or, or because you think to yourself, I'm an introvert and I don't want to leave the house or deal with anybody. I'm going to get it delivered. Now, short of them leaving it on their porch, hello, COVID which is how I do all my DoorDash, by the way. It has nothing to do with COVID whatsoever. I just don't want to fucking deal with anybody. So I have them leave it on the front porch when they show up with it. Hey, maybe you're like me. But you still need that person because that person then facilitates your introvertedness 
and you don't have to go anywhere. You still need help. So even to that extreme, life is easier with help. It's always easier with help. And that's how we operate. It just, that's just a human thing. So, so then let's get, let's get back to the, the skeptics then. A lot of what they like to do is they like to say, well, you know, I believe in science and this is, this is, this is science. So not only are they gathering their information from places that will only facilitate what they believe in, which before I get, before I get too far into the scientific method part of it, let's just touch on that real quick. We've also talked about before, uh, as an example of media manipulation, and we're not going to get off into that. I'm just a real quick point to, to show if you always go, if you always gather your news from a particular source, especially the ones that have begun to divide us and tribalize us like far left media, far right media, make no mistake, MSNBC, Fox news. Uh, and then you've got the other guys out there now too. There's a couple other, other ones that are going way far right, but we're not, we're not getting into that. But if you always go to those places and you get those news, it's the exact same thing as this here. It's the exact same thing as the skeptic going to the skeptic website to cultivate that information, to hang on to it for, for whenever he might stumble across, say you, the fictional paranormal aficionado that he may fucking bump into at AutoZone buying milk. That's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. And we just do it. Humans just do it. It's exactly, it's, it's, it's just, just what you think it is. I'm going to get, I'm only going to get my news from over here. So then you become locked in this echo chamber and that's all you ever hear. That's all you ever believe. Why? Because it's all you ever hear. So, I mean, if it's never countered, if you never have to hear anything separately from that, that's what you're going to believe. So anyway, let's go. We'll move, we'll move on from that. Just another example of those, how you go out to find that positive reinforcement, positive affirmation of whatever your belief system is. Let's talk about the scientific method. A lot of skeptics like to say, well, I believe in the scientific method. Okay, fair. The scientific method operates in a, basically a big, a big circle. First, you have an observation or a question. Something happens. <clears throat> you don't understand it. So, okay, well, we need to do research on that. So we do some research on it. It's like, all right, so then we make a hypothesis. All right, this should happen if we do this. So then you test it and then you analyze the data. And once you have that data, it's kind of, okay, well, this is what happened. So then you report back those conclusions. Okay, that's what happened. And the problem is with a lot of people, they view that as linear. You start over here. If you're looking at your radio, we'll start your passenger side. We're going to work over to the driver's side. So over there in the passenger seat is your observation, your question. Then somewhere along the way, you've got, you know, where you research it. And then you come up with a, okay, this, this is what should happen. Then we test it out. Then we look at the data. Then we come to the conclusion sitting in the driver's seat, right? And they view that as linear. The problem is the scientific method is actually circular. It's evolving because what you're going to do is once you, once you come up with that data and you've got, okay, well, this is what happened. Okay. Well, why did that happen? Let's test it again under these circumstances or this circumstance or this, with this different equipment. And it constantly rolls over. It constantly evolves. It constantly moves. Uh, I think I talked about it once before where they're talking about the planets. They thought, uh, what was it? Was it Uranus? Huh? Anyway, there's a joke in there. I'm not going to go fishing for it, but, it's, but anyhow, it, Uranus or Neptune, the, the orbit of that particular planet didn't fit with Newton's laws. So they said, they said, Oh, there must be another planet out there. We have to figure that out. So then they do. 
and I believe it was Neptune. So they find that planet. Anyway, doesn't matter. They find that planet. Well, then there's some type of weird gravitational thing going on with it. So then everybody's like, well, hey, you know, we just found another planet because of the same weird gravitational pull thing. There's got to be another one out there. So then they find Pluto. But then it takes them decades, decades, like 70 years, I think, till they look at Pluto and they go, there's no way Pluto's doing that. There's something fucked up here. There's something wrong. Pluto's not big enough. It doesn't have enough mass. I think Pluto's actually, I don't even know. I think it's smaller than our moon. I don't know. But anyhow, so they're reevaluating data all along those points. They can see Pluto. They know it's there. They already have these other planets where they said, okay, well, this, you know, this Newton's law applied here, applied here. This should be happening here. It should happen here. So they've been proven all along. This is right. So this is going on. So Pluto must be doing this, right? It was actually wrong. They got new data that Pluto wouldn't do that. In fact, Pluto doesn't have the mass for us to even really consider it to be a planet. It's actually part of another uh, belt of asteroid slash mini planets that we found. And I want to think that was early 90s. Maybe it was early 2000s, but that's when they figured that out because you remember the whole thing where like Pluto is not a planet anymore, but that's the thing. You're constantly reevaluating information and they don't operate under those principles. When you're given information, you evaluate it, you test it, you verify it, you debunk it for lack of a better term, and then you come up with a, a probable conclusion. Now, when it comes to paranormal, that you can't get a concrete conclusion and they love that. They love it. It's their favorite thing in the world. Pareidolia. No matter what happens, pareidolia. And the first thing, I, I will never argue for anyone else's evidence. You want to question my evidence? I'll be happy to argue it with someone. I'm not going to defend someone else's evidence. There's too much bullshit out there. I distrust too many people. It's just not, I'm, I'm never going to do it. So say, for example, I'm trying to think of something in particular. Say, for example, you get an EVP. Wow, that's cool. Okay. Um, well, let's go through. No, that's not a good example because then you have the, uh, what they're going to tell you. Okay, let's let's go down that road and then we'll go back to another one. They're constantly going to fall on the equipment uh, sensor uh, issue. Something's wrong with your recorder. Some, the, you know, some, somebody whispered that. Do you have it on video as well? Uh, so a lot of times, so what you can do if you can go, if you had a voice recorder, okay, if you had a voice recorder on camera in a locked room, you captured an EVP on it, you can run down that list. And this is what you should do. I suggest this for everyone. I don't blindly believe even our, my own evidence. If there's a probability that what we captured can be explained by something else, then it's not paranormal. Paranormal is, uh, uh, paranormal is very simple. Above normal, not normal. So, Therein, if whatever has happened, if whatever we capture can be explained as normal or naturally happening, then it is not paranormal by definition. End of story. Toss it out. It's gone. Might be interesting. Might be cool. It's gone. You have to, the, your respect is your respect to the research and the evidence is all that matters, period. So first, what they're going to say is they're going to question the equipment. Then they're going to question the situation. Then they're going to question basically your sanity, regardless of what type of evidence you have. They'll scream pareidolia, set their hair on fire, run out of the room. It's just what they do. They have decided in their minds they don't believe. And that's okay. That's fine. 
but to jump through hoops to disprove a probable evidence that most of them, which I'll get to in a second, most of them are not willing to test on their own to go out and have their own experiences. It must be a very comfortable place to sit in because that's what they do. You can go right down the list, eliminate probability, eliminate probability. And there are situations personally, one of the best EVPs, you'll, you'll, you'll notice how little evidence comes out of Arch City, regardless of personal experiences that we have, regardless of other things that we might find and capture. There is very few, there's very little evidence because if at any point we can explain it as normal or naturally happening, it is not paranormal and it is not part of our research. That's an important fact. It doesn't make us any better than anybody else. In fact, it probably makes us a whole lot less popular. There's plenty of other groups out there that, that post up evidence and they do it all the time. And this is what happened and look at this and all the, and they, and they run with it and they probably have more followers. They probably have more people that, that pay attention to them because they're churning out this evidence. It's probably been a detriment to Arch city that we operate like that, but I cannot, I cannot in my heart of hearts, put that stuff out there if I don't believe in it. So the question, everything that they do and you need them, we need them. Like I said, the vast majority of them aren't interested in capturing evidence. They're interested in disproving you. You see, that's very, it's very different when you begin to implement the scientific method into what they're considering science, what they're holding up as science and what we're doing. When your aim is the same as when you went to that website to gather information on how to be a skeptic because you already don't believe when your aim is to do nothing but disprove don't don't believe critique the evidence but if you're going into it and at some point in time during the capture or during the critique of that evidence once all of your questions are removed if the final step is for you to stick your fingers in your ears and scream pareidolia then you're not re- you're not researching. You're just being contrarian. You're not looking into this to, to to believe, to gather information, to learn about what's going on around you. You're just you're just a troll, and that's what a lot of them are, and they enjoy that. A good example for some of this is probably right now. Again, going back to the UAP. I hate that. I hate that term. But going back to the UAP UFO video that's being released by the Pentagon right now. You know, we had a 60 minutes story on it. I mean, it's you know, I, I think if they picked an interesting time, not to get too far off on a tangent, uh, they picked an interesting time to go ahead and say, hey, something might be going on here. Everybody in the house, locked down at home, doing nothing but watching the news. It would have been very easy to just say, hey, let's wait until, you know, whatever. They probably knew when we'd be able to get out from underneath. Look, in, in Ohio, anyway, it was June. We're able to get out from underneath the lockdown. It would have been very easy to say, hey, why don't we wait till like next September when everybody's so busy out partying that nobody's going to pay attention and we'll just sort of put these up on YouTube. Shh. Okay, go do that. That sounds like a great idea. Go, 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 go. But they didn't. So I thought that was really interesting. So a lot of what they're doing anyway, sorry, back to the back to the point. So when they're releasing this video, there are a couple, I guess. Skeptic, I guess paid skeptics out there. One's got a magazine. Another one has a big website that, of course, done takedowns on this stuff. Well, was this, you know, uh, one of the examples off the top of my head? I'm sure you can go find it. I'm not going to give them any run, even with the limited audience I have. 
I'm not giving those guys any help. However, one of them as an example, the the gimbal video where it appears that the the craft itself is actually rotating. He explains it away as a mechanism inside the uh, the camera itself, and that it's a light artifact reflecting back onto the lens. Plausible, fair enough. So he's ex- he's explained that away. However, the point here that's very interesting that I think everybody needs to to take hold of is it goes back to my media manipulation thing that I'm always on. Any conspiracy theory whatsoever, my first inclination is to say, okay, who benefits? Follow the money. And that'll that'll show you the truth every time. It doesn't matter. You can apply this and feel free to whatever you would like to do. Apply it to any conspiracy theory that you want to. And it will immediately, immediately shake out the ones that are blatantly false. You'll have to dig deeper on others. And I don't believe all of them, despite what some of our listeners believe. But if you apply that, who benefits? Who makes the money? That will tell you very quickly on whether whether or not to even dig any deeper. So let's take an example. This particular writer and his takedown of these uh, Pentagon videos. This writer, let's start, well, let's start with the government first. The government has effectively spent the last, geez, what, 80 years, 80, 90 years, maybe, yeah, probably about 90 years actively telling us UFOs don't exist. UFOs aren't real. UAPs, whatever the hell they want to call them. Aliens aren't visiting us. This isn't happening. None of this is going on. It doesn't matter what evidence you have. It was a weather balloon. It was a, it was a, it was a meteorite. Uh, grays don't exist. We don't know what's going on in Area 51. Uh, Bob Lazar is a liar. Um, there aren't reptiles underground. I don't believe that one. I'm just saying. There, there aren't reptiles. There aren't alien reptiles under the ground controlling society. Uh, Skinwalker Ranch. There, there's nothing, nothing to see there about uh, about anything uh, regarding UFOs or, or paranormal. Years, decades, almost a century. The United States government alone, just referring strictly to the U.S. government, has spent telling us this is fake. You guys are wasting your time. This is all fake. This isn't real. You shouldn't be looking at this. You shouldn't do this. Then you have trained military pilots. Trained, highly trained military pilots put into those cockpits or those planes that film these videos that are tasked daily, too often, too often, but that's another political show, but too often, are tasked daily with making life and death decisions based on this instrumentation. Whether or not someone lives or someone dies is on the shoulders of that man or woman in that plane, and they're basing those decisions on this sensory equipment that captured these videos, all of those that the Pentagon is releasing, putting their careers on the line to come out and say, hey, this is weird. This, this shouldn't be happening. How did this do this? Around the world, for right or wrong, but around the world, the U.S. military is held up as some of the, if not the, most highly trained, technologically advanced fighting force on the planet. That means these young men and women, this means, this means that uh, Admiral Fravor, go ahead and Google him, 
are putting their career on the line. For what? The faceless voice that you hear in that video, Fravor is really the only one we've seen talk about talk about it publicly. I believe he has got a book coming out or something like that. So, okay, fine. Let's take him completely off the table. The Tic Tac video, Admiral Favor, completely off the table, gone. There's still, what, another 10, 12 videos of nameless, or not nameless, there's been a couple of them that have come out and spoke about it, but faceless voices that you can hear on these videos. What is that? What's it doing? These are highly trained military professionals tasked with saving us every day from invasion here and the, the, on the, on, on earth or outwardly now with space force putting their careers on the line to tell us, Hey, this ain't right. This is not, this is not a, this is not another military jet. This is something that shouldn't be here. What do they gain? What's the gain? Where's the payoff? The United States government admitting, which they go to great lengths never to do admitting that they've lied to us for nearly a century, nameless, faceless military personnel, highly trained, completely clueless as to what's going on. Because in any other situation, that sensor will tell them exactly what the hell's in front of them, exactly what to do and whether, whether or not it should die. Those are the high level types of decisions that these people are making. The idea also that we have these trained military professionals with these life or death uh, sensors that they're able to look at seeing make split second decisions on whether whether or not something should live or die. They should be able to identify what it is a far scarier prospect for us to consider is that there is technology of this earth that are UAPs. And I mean that in the sense of other governments may have military equipment that we cannot identify. And that they have propulsion systems that far, far uh, dwarf our knowledge that we're operating with as far as the United States military is concerned. I do believe, given that, to me personally, is a far scarier proposition than these being outer space probes from another extraterrestrial life form than it is they we just don't know that China has this advanced military technology that we can't identify. I believe that's far scarier than the proposition of, uh, I don't know, little green men. So anyway, now the flip side of that is you've got a couple of these skeptics out here that do what they want to talk about the sensory equipment. They want to talk about, well, this wasn't like this. This couldn't have happened. When was it last calibrated? All fair questions. If you are operating within the scientific method, because we want to know whether, whether or not that data is correct, all very fair. The problem is, is they're not operating as scientists. The problem is, is that's how they pay their bills. The more contrarian they can be, the, the more wrong they can make the government or these individuals look, the more clicks they get to their website, the more clicks they get to their website, the more ads they can sell, the more ads they can sell, the more money they can put in their pocket. Tell me who's, who's, tell me who's telling the truth. Show me the truth. Is the truth in the video that you saw? Is the truth in the highly trained military personnel that are commenting on the video and have commented after the fact saying they don't know what the hell that is. They don't know what it's doing is the truth in the American government, which I believe we should never trust. And this is an example of why, but now they're finally breaking down and telling us the truth after a hundred years of lying to us. Tell me where the truth's at, or is it an ex video game programmer hucking his website, hoping for clicks. So, you know, he can pay his mortgage this month. Tell me. What do you think? Who is more motivated to make that video real or to discount it? I mean, we've all lost enough faith with the government. Who gives a shit whether or not they've lied to us about UAPs for 100 years, right? But they're admitting it. 
The U.S. government doesn't admit to shit. For years, we've been told they're keeping something from us. For years. Wright-Patterson Air Force Base right here in Ohio. There's reports that there's a new term, UAPs, hidden there right now. So they've been there for years. They believe that's where the Roswell craft is at, stored right here in Ohio, Dayton. May or may not be. I don't know. But look at people's motivations. Look where they go for their affirmations. Look what they're selling. Follow the money. Think about that. The next time somebody's taking a shot at your evidence, <clears throat> what's their motivation? I'll tell you what will impress the shit out of me is take a, skeptic with, take a skeptic with you to investigate. I've had the opportunity on two separate occasions that I've actually got to investigate with a skeptic. Both times I didn't leave believers. I didn't expect them to. I don't know what I believe. That either makes me a great host for this podcast or an absolutely terrible one. But I don't believe that there's any in between. I don't know what I believe. I know what I've seen. I know what little I've been able to document, but I don't know. But I've had opportunities to go to go hunting. I shouldn't say hunting. Go investigating with two overt skeptics. And in both of those cases, neither of them left believing. You know, and, and one of them was on more than one investigation. I had the opportunity to go with them. No one left a firm believer. No one had their life changed by something they experienced. But they did leave with questions because they experienced some stuff firsthand that they couldn't explain. And that's fair. That's a fair place to be. I don't know what it was. It wasn't normal, so it had to be paranormal because that's a definition. Those are the people I respect. Those are the ones that you can respect. You want to go? They don't want to go stand around in a dark room? Why? It's a cool old building. You sure you don't want to go? Oh, you don't, well, you don't believe in history too? There's always one of those. It's always interesting to see how they interact with that. It's always interesting to see how they decide to own whatever their truth is. Are they just contrarian? Like, are they just, they're just trolling? They're just trying to make problems because they enjoy it? Because there's those. Or are they legitimately someone that has a problem with your evidence and they want answers? In which case, you can respect them. But our minds become wired. Like I said before, the whole gregarious thing. We want, we want, to, we want to be with people we like. We want people to like us. We want to hang out with those people. It becomes part of us. But in that, what we also do is then we, be, then we begin to disprove or dislodge ourselves from normal, correct thinking. A good example is this. Say, for example, you and I are, I don't know, making dinner. I want you to slice up the peppers. I tell you, hey, uh, when you're done with that one there, um, can you do this? Can you take the knife and just cut the end of your finger off? What are you going to say? No, fucking weirdo. I'm not, why am I going to cut my finger off for you, dumbass? No, of course you're not going to. Why? Well, it hurts, first of all. So you have that fight or flight pain response. No, you're not going to chop your own finger off if you can feel it. But also because your mind puts that into play. Don't, don't discount that. You immediately think, oh, I won't hurt myself. But why? Why does your mind... Why does your mind operate? Why does the human mind operate that way? Because you play out the scenario in your head. You're cutting up those peppers. So that visual in your head is you cutting the peppers. And I say, hey, when you're done with that, go ahead and hit your finger too. So now you have the visual of the pepper in your mind. You apply that to your finger and then you say, well, no, hold on a minute. No, wait a minute. No, I'm not doing that. Because you played out that scenario in your head. It begins to not apply to people with those extremist like troll views like skeptics. The outcome, you've already decided the outcome. So if you decided that if you cut your finger off, you would bleed rainbow, but you eliminate the scenario of playing it out in your head, 
in between time, what happens? You're going to be the idiot that cuts his finger off. Oh, why didn't it bleed rainbow? Because you're a fucking moron. That's why. The exact same thing plays out for skeptics. They already have the end in mind. So then what do you do? You mold the evidence to fit that end. It's a very different situation than applying the scientific method and then removing data that is incorrect or maybe flawed. It's very different. The end already is seen for them. They already know what the end is. The end is Bigfoot's not real. Uh, ghosts aren't legit. Uh, uh, UAPs aren't a thing. When you already have the result of your experiment concretely in your mind, you'll bend your evidence to fit that. And that's what they do. Now, as if there's some of them listening that I already haven't completely pissed off that they're not listening to, I'm going to give you another scenario, and this is really going to piss them off. So what they begin to do is they have the result in mind, and they begin to mold whatever evidence they collect to fit that result. It's exactly the same as it has been all along. We talked about going to particular websites to gather the information. We talked about different media sites to gather information. Everything you already have in your mind, the result. So then you shape your evidence to fit that result, completely ignoring anything else that may apply. Here is where they get really upset. The exact same type of logic and thinking applies to conspiracy theorists. Far deep, deeply invested conspiracy theorists also do the same thing. Oh, the, the, the earth is flat. Okay. So the earth is flat. So how, why do you, why, why? Well, levels wouldn't work. Look at it. It's flat. Everything would be downhill. We would fall off. We wouldn't have any water because it would drain to the bottom. All these things, they form all these things completely disregarding magnetism and gravity and how the fucking universe works. They completely disregard all this evidence because they know what the end is. All of that other stuff is just a conspiracy theory. The end is that the world is flat, damn it, and I will take all of my evidence and I will make it work. Do you ever see the video? So hopefully, maybe I can find it. I can put it in the show notes. There is a video where a guy used a laser and he was going to prove that the world was flat. You know, the curvature of the earth is, was it 14 miles? I think it's 14 miles. Don't quote me on that. But the curvature of the earth is a certain distance. So what he did is he set up a, he set up a laser, which obviously always shoots level, always shoots straight to then go whatever the distance is. I believe it's 14. I have 11 in my head for some reason, but whatever. You're with me, right? Whatever this distance is that the curvature of the earth is going to be. So he set the laser up at a certain height at a, at a given point, and then he went that distance away to where the earth should curve, set up another target, set at the exact same height. When I turn this laser on, it's going to hit at the exact same height over there, and I'll completely disprove the curvature of the earth. So he did it. Guess what? Holy shit, the earth is curved. Yeah, no shit. There's a curve in there. The laser didn't hit where it was supposed to because of the curvature of the earth. What was his response? Something's wrong with our laser. It's how they operate. There wasn't there wasn't any science involved at all. Had the science proven his his hypothesis correct, he then would have touted, hey, look at science, look at this, I proved it, blah, blah, blah. But since it didn't, since it didn't, rather than gathering the new information, applying it to his hypothesis and then understanding the conclusion so that he can now have a new observation and perhaps have a new question to then implement into the scientific method to move forward with his theory that the earth is flat. Something's wrong with the laser. Okay. 
That's great, Skippy. I now call your attention back to the article I was talking about before and the guy who was trying to sell website clicks. Something was wrong with the military life and death sensors, and that means none of these UAP reports are, inc- are correct. Okay. Despite the fact that the American government embarrassing itself, which, I mean, let's face it, we're the laughing stock as it is now, but we're trying to bring ourselves back. Despite the, th- despite the fact that the American government embarrassing itself or lying to us for over 100 years, despite the fact that these trained military professionals who have absolutely nothing to gain, there's no, there's no monetary reinforcement out there for him, commenting on these videos and confirming that they're true, despite the fact that these particular sensors are used in life and death situations to give these trained military individuals the information they need on then making the decision on whether or whether or not another human being should die. All of this stuff, all of this stuff over here is bullshit because the sensor was wrong. Your laser was wrong. There's there's something wrong. It's ridiculous. But they become their minds become wired that way. To have the result and then take all of the evidence and bend it to the result. And if it doesn't work, then the evidence is no good. Get rid of it. Not, not that the evidence may provide them with a different conclusion. That's not an option. That also means that they're not operating within the parameters of science. And they do not. Funny joke is this. And I'll, this, is where I'll, this is where I'll wrap up. Jim's a flat earther. I know. It's, we're sad for Jim. Jim's a flat earther. Jim passes away. Jim goes to heaven. I know, I know, play along. <laughs> Jim goes to heaven. Once at heaven, walking up to the gate there with St. Peter. St. Peter says, one, two, three. Hey, you're, you're number 100. You win. You get to speak with God today. You're number 100 on the list. You get to come in. You get to ask him one question. You get to meet God face to face. Then you'll move on into heaven for eternity, and you'll be forever happy. Jim can't wait because this is it. This is the big moment. This is everything he's been waiting for. He spent 60 years of his life, probably 40 of which convinced that the earth was flat. This was a, this was a, a, a liberal media scam. Earth is flat on why they're lying to us. NASA's fake. We never went to the moon. Jim's loving it. He can't wait. He can't wait. Saunters up to God's office. St. Peter ushers him in. Of course, no introduction needed. He's God. He knows exactly who he is. Jim, welcome to heaven. Today, you got picked to ask me one question. It's a pleasure to meet me. What's your question, Jim? Jim musters up everything, and he's just, oh, God, he's, I really appreciate this opportunity. And he asks me, he says, yeah, I need to know. I spent my whole life trying to find out I need to know. Is the earth flat? Now, once God got over the fact that you get to speak to the most omnipotent individual on the planet, or excuse me, the universe, the creator of all things, and this is what you wasted that question on asking, he answered him. He said, no, he says, Jim, I'm, I'm really sorry, but the, uh, the earth is a globe. Of course, Jim can't believe it. What? No, 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 no. So the first thing Jim says, this conspiracy goes far deeper. Yeah. And that's the way they think. It's the way they all operate. Bend the evidence to your result. This is why we're so much better than they are. And I mean that. I sincerely mean it. I, I sincerely mean that when I say it. There are skeptics. Like I said, there's a few. 
that'll, that will pack up with you and they will go out and they will attempt to gather their own evidence and stand shoulder to shoulder with you in a dark room and try to make something happen, figure something out. And those are the special ones. But on each end, much like everything else, on each end of this spectrum, you've got the flurfers and all those folks that believe the conspiracy theories and their tinfoil hats and all their bullshit. And then on the other end, you've got the skeptics. And on both sides, they bend the evidence to meet the results. And then in the middle, there's us. I don't know. I don't know. And my guess is that you don't know either. And that's why you listen to this. That's why we're here. That's why we're out looking for this shit. That's why we're wasting our time on a Saturday night, standing in a dark room, hoping to get something to talk back to us. You know, it's why we're on top of a mountain on a Saturday night with our telescope pointed at the sky. It's why we're in the middle of the woods camping, banging sticks on trees, hoping for something to happen other than getting eaten by a bear. Because you're out there doing it. You're out there looking. You're out there seeking. You're out there being on the front of it, requiring more information to answer your questions. And that's what makes you better. It's what makes you better than them. So let the skeptics be skeptics. You're going to have the sideline skeptics, like I said. They're going to do nothing but just take down evidence and then say, oh, but he said. Okay, but what do you say? Where have you been? You're never going to change a skeptic's mind until you take them out with you. So I encourage you, if you're an investigator, you're not just, you're not, you don't just listen to the podcast. You're actively out there investigating, find your favorite skeptic and drag them along with you. Because like I said, what is there to lose? What is there to lose? You're going to go to a really cool place. Most likely you're going to hang out with friends all night and talk. What's there to lose? What else are you going to do? Come on, come with us. The ones that do. Those are the ones that are truly seeking evidence and that will respect you for the stuff that you find and don't already have their results buried in their head. The ones that blow you up. Oh, it's a waste of time. I got better things to do. Lost cause. Write them off. So there you go. There's today's episode on skeptics. And again, you know, vast majority of this is just opinion. There's a lot of science packed in here. I gave you some anthropological stuff. Probably some stuff you can relate to. Hopefully you didn't hate the show. I went on for almost an hour, you know, a couple edits here and there. I don't know where I'll end up. I don't know where it'll fall, but it is my pleasure to sit here even by myself in an empty studio and talk at you. It is my pleasure to do so. And I hope that maybe I got you to think a little bit. Maybe I'll get you to reach out to that skeptic of yours to see how skeptical they really are. See if they're open to going with you because we need them. You need somebody to be like, hey, man, that's bullshit. Even me, I lean toward the skepticism. But a whole bunch of shit out here I can't explain, man. Whole lot of stuff's happened to me that I can't explain. I got to, I just, I just there's, there's that drive to find out what is it? Why does it do that? Why did it make that noise? So anyway, do appreciate you listening to the podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you taking an hour out of your life to listen to me babble. Thank you for downloading it. If this is the first time you're listening to us, Thank you so much. Go back and listen to some other episodes. It's a lot more funny when I've got more people in the room with me. <laughs> uh, if it's not your first time, we appreciate you coming back. If you've not already subscribed on YouTube, go check it out. All the videos of our shows are there. You get to see what goes on in the studio. Check out the link in the show comments here for our YouTube, Facebook. We watch us live there every Saturday at 6. You can come in and you can comment on the show. That's always a lot of fun to have the chatters in with us. But I appreciate it, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Uh, check out our Patreon. Lots of uh, new, cool, free stuff coming out there. For Patreon members only, you can subscribe for as, li- as little as a dollar. 
you can sign up there and we do appreciate the support for the show. But that's it. That's all I got. This is usually where I ask everybody else, is this it? We're covered. We did everything. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Sincerely appreciate it. Go check us out on our social medias. Go, go to artcityparanormal.com. All the links are there. If you like to email the show, you can. Artcityparanormal at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We appreciate everybody's email. All the all the emails are, are read. Uh, vast majority of them make them on the show. So if you've got a question, a criticism, a comment, feel free. Shoot it over. Artcityparanormal at gmail.com. That's it. That's all I got. So anyway. So this week, make sure to watch us Saturday at 6 live on Facebook. Find us over there. Just search for Our City Paranormal. Be safe. Be happy. Be healthy, everybody. And above all else, no matter what, you still here go go listen to a good podcast wow i want to turn this off why are you still listening go go on jeez so weird